0: Thank you, Jeanette, and good morning. Good Good to see everyone. Thank you for uh, worshiping with us today. Just want to share some announcements with you. Uh, Our volunteers will be delivering Meals on Wheels this week, so thank you for everyone who's involved with that. Uh, It's not too late to sign up for soccer camp. Uh, We are starting tomorrow morning at uh, Quinton School at 9 a.m., so pray that we have a a good week. Uh, Pray that the weather stays just like this. That would be terrific. Uh, We did have a a really good basketball camp this past week. We had 25 kids registered, and about 23, 24 uh, kids each day. Uh, I asked them, how many of you were at our vacation Bible school? And most of the kids uh, put their hands up, so uh, they were at Bible school, and then we got to uh, reinforce our ministry to them through basketball. The theme of the camp was lost. Uh, So each day we talked about something different that was lost, lost sheep. The lost coin, the lost prodigal son, and then that lost older brother. Uh, so each day we, we worked on one of those stories, and, and we had a, uh, a really good week doing that. Uh, this uh, week also, tonight, uh, we have youth group happening at 6.30. Uh, on Monday is the monthly trustee meeting. We didn't have it last week. Uh, some people were away, so we're having it uh, Monday night at 7.00. Uh, Tuesday, Quilters will be meeting at 10 a.m. That'll be back in the fellowship hall. We were able to get uh, some work done on the air conditioning over there last week. So thank you, Quilters, for moving. And uh, everything should be good to go uh, regularly scheduled this week. Uh, Wednesday, uh, prayer meeting in the evening. Uh, And then, of course, we have soccer camp running through the week. And then Saturday, this coming Saturday in six days, is the church picnic at the Shermans. You see the time there, 1230. Today is the last day to sign up. And I would encourage you to to please sign up. Uh, It's a really good time. There's swimming. There's lawn games. There's plenty of uh, uh, desserts. Bring your own lunch and then Uh, We we enjoy the desserts that the fellowship committee provides, and so uh, it's really a good day, a good time. Uh, I'll be praying for uh, good weather for that as well. Uh, But we encourage you to come out, bring some chairs, bring some friends, and uh, again, today is the last day to uh, sign up. If you're not sure how to get to the Shermans, we uh, encourage you to talk to them, and and you can get the the directions you need. Let's see, we need nursery workers, right? We're always uh, in need of uh, some extra workers in the nursery. We've had some people come off the schedule, so if you could uh, help us in that area, please see uh, Beth. Uh, There's a note there of of thanks in the bulletin. Um, Also, uh, you'll notice some things are coming up in August. We'll have our men's breakfast on the uh, 5th, and and, uh, there's a youth group party coming up uh, as well in the looking ahead. Uh, I'm doing the announcements today because Pastor Jay is going to be preaching. We're giving him an opportunity to share one of the shining stars. So looking forward to uh, hearing him today. And uh, uh, I hope you'll be blessed by the service. Let's pray. And Lord, we again just uh, come this morning with uh, grateful hearts. We thank, thank you, Lord, for uh, how you bless us. We thank you for how you provide for us, how you take care of us. We thank you, Lord, for this summer and just different opportunities to, uh, to travel, to, to minister, to do the different camps and VBSs, to uh, uh, some, do some activities where we get to see each other. And uh, Lord, we pray that you'll just bless us as we meet together this morning. We pray, Lord, that your presence would come into this place, that you would uh, fill this place with your spirit. We pray, Lord, that we would be refreshed and encouraged from meeting with you this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would give us uh, uh, joyful hearts, that we would lift our praise to you, and uh, Lord, that you would accept our praise. Uh, I do pray for uh, Pastor Jay. I pray you'll bless him as he shares your word today. Uh, We pray that you would speak through your servant, anoint his lips, and uh, Lord, may everything Said and done this during this hour, be uh, an honor to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Good morning, church. church family. Let's rise and sing a song of praise to our King. Please stand. Beautiful singing. Please be seated.
0: And Lord, you alone have the power to redeem. Lord, you can take what is ugly and turn it beautiful. Lord, you can turn our lives around. You change us. You redeem us. You buy us back from sin. And you do it through your son, through his sacrifice, through his uh, his love, his giving of himself on the cross for us. Lord, we declare that in you and in you alone is the power to redeem. And so, Lord, we praise you for your redemption of us. We, we thank you for it. Lord, we know we could never uh, do anything on our own to redeem ourselves. But, Lord, we thank you that you cared enough about us to take on flesh, to leave heaven, to come to earth and live as one of us, to go all the way to the cross to redeem us. Lord, help us to live in your redemption today. Help us to live in your power today. And Lord, because you're a powerful God, we bring our requests before you. Lord, we pray for Edna Curden. Lord, we know that uh, she's getting weaker. We know that she's tired. And Lord, we know that she's uh, been faithful these many, many years. We just pray, Lord, for your comfort on her. We pray for your, your mercy on Edna. We pray, Lord, that uh, you'll help her to have good days and that, Lord, uh, you'll just give her good visits with family and friends. Lord, we know that you've uh, prepared a place for Edna. And so, Lord, we just pray for, for peace. We pray for an abundance of comfort at this time. Lord, we pray for Sher Miller as he's uh, battling blood cancer. We pray, Lord, that you would give your aid to him. We pray, Lord, that uh, they can get his blood counts up. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, uh, help him as he has more rounds of treatment to go. We pray, Lord, for this very week. We know he has tests again on Monday and Thursday. We pray for those tests to go well. We pray for, uh, for him to have energy. Lord, help him with the, the tiredness that he's feeling. And we know that he has uh, many more rounds to go. And so, Lord, we pray you would just strengthen him for all that he's going through. We pray, Lord, that you would make him well. We pray that these treatments will be effective. We pray that you'll just uh, help Sherm with just the, the day in and the day out. And Lord, uh, we just pray for, for Sherm, we pray for Ann, and we pray, Lord, that you would carry them through this time. Lord, we pray for Gail Brown, who uh, fell and broke both of her ankles. We pray, Lord, that the swelling would continue to come down. We pray, Lord, that she would be able to have the surgery she needs on Thursday. We pray that you would guide the surgeon and that that surgery would go well. We pray that she can rest, we pray that she can heal. We pray, Lord, for all those uh, caregivers, those who were uh, stopping by, dropping off meals, checking in on Gail, we pray, Lord, that you would bless them as they do that. And uh, Lord, we just pray for, for Gail to make a, a full recovery. Lord, we pray for Josh Thomas. We uh, know that his tr- tumors have grown. We pray, Lord, that, that you, Lord, you would shrink these tumors. We pray, Lord, that you would help Josh with the fatigue that he's feeling. We pray, Lord, that uh, any, uh, he could get set up for some new treatments and that these new treatments would be helpful to him. We do pray for wisdom for the doctors. We pray for wisdom for the family as they make decisions. And Lord, we pray that you would just touch Josh's body and bring miraculous healing to it. Lord, we pray for Patrick Foster as he's battling cancer. Lord, uh, uh, help him, uh, strengthen him. Uh, We pray, Lord, you would uh, draw him close to you and protect Patrick. Help him, Lord, as he goes for more treatments. We pray that his treatments would be effective. We pray, Lord, that that the cancer would not spread any further than it has. We pray, Lord, that you would protect him from any type of uh, other illnesses. And, uh, Lord, we just pray for Patrick. We pray for his wife, Cynthia, and for his family. And we uh, pray, Lord, for just a, a special touch today. We pray for Ed Plummer. We pray for his healing and his recovery from stroke. We pray, Lord, that he would get more mobility and and, and feeling back. We pray for uh, Wade DeHart. We thank you, Lord, that his bladder surgery went well on Monday. We pray, Lord, that you'll help Wade with the soreness he's experiencing. We pray for his recovery. Lord, we uh, uh, announce that Meals on Wheels are, are this week. We pray for our volunteers from our church as they go into the community, that they would represent you. We also pray, Lord, for a a little girl named Maggie who's in the hospital. She has a a virus and she's on oxygen and a lot going on with her. We pray, Lord, for healing for Maggie. We pray, Lord, that you would touch her uh, young body and and bring healing to it. We pray for Don's niece, Lynn, who's been diagnosed with stage 2 cancer and has been undergoing chemotherapy treatments. We pray for healing for Lynn. Lord, we uh, pray for our upcoming activities. Uh, Lord, we're first off thankful, Lord, for a good basketball camp and giving us another opportunity to to minister to uh, children and families in our community. Uh, We pray, Lord, that your word would not return void there. We also thank you, Lord, for Word of Life this past week, and uh, we thank you for kids, teens, and leaders who who went. We thank you for giving them a good week. We thank you, Lord, that uh, one of the teens went forward during one of the the evening uh, services. Uh, And so, Lord, we pray that you'll continue to build up that faith in our teens. We pray for uh, youth group and youth activities this summer, that our teens would continue to grow um, spiritually and, and grow numerically. Lord, we pray for the soccer camp this week. We pray, Lord, that you would give us a a good week of weather. I pray you'll uh, bring out the right number of kids. Uh, I pray you'll be with uh, Pastor Jay as he um, organizes the camp. And uh, Lord, the the leaders and the kids, uh, be with those devotion times where we have a chance to really speak your truth into the lives of these children and families. And uh, Lord, we pray for a safe camp. We pray for a, a good camp. We also pray for our church picnic uh, on Saturday. We pray, Lord, that this would be a good time of fellowship. We do pray you'll bless us with good weather. We pray for a safe time. We know anytime there's uh, water involved, uh, there's a certain amount of risk. And so, Lord, we pray for a safe time in that way. We pray, Lord, you'll just bless the Shermans' home and and their property, Lord, as we come and visit. And uh, again, Lord, we just pray that this will be a, a high time in the life of the church. Uh, Lord, bless the remainder of our service now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: As we sing these next few songs, children in first through third grade are dismissed for Children's Church. Please stand.
0: scripture reading this morning comes from Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 25. It's the story of the Philippian jailer being led to Christ. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. But Paul cried out in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, and to all who were in his house.
1: Let's open up in a word of prayer. Lord, we praise you for this opportunity that we have to gather before your word and to open it up and to learn about you and to learn about us and to learn about how you've made us. Lord, I pray that uh, this would just be a great time in your word this morning. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Now, something some of you guys may know, some of you guys may not know about me, but my favorite fictional character of all time is Batman. The Dark Knight, the Cape Crusader, the world's greatest detective, out patrolling Gotham, keeping it safe from the evil forces in the world. But something very interesting about Batman, although he's often portrayed as a solitary hero, he rarely actually fights alone. He's got people with him. He's got Robin with him. Robin is his sidekick. He's the right-hand person, the one who's always there to support Batman. Together they make up the dynamic duo and they fight together to rid the city of Gotham from the evil forces. Now, ultimately, Robin doesn't get a lot of credit. Normally, all the credit goes to Batman. Robin doesn't get talked about too much. He is more of a support character. And I know that Batman and Robin are fictional things, but today we're going to talk about a real-life support character. He's someone who doesn't get a lot of recognition, although I think he should, but he's always there to support we're working our way through Acts, looking at shining stars in the early church, and today we're going to talk about a man named Silas. Now just a couple things about Silas. Uh, Silas is a, a shortened version of the name Silvanus, and uh, some of the letters of Paul, he'll refer to him as Sylvanus, but through the book of Acts, he's called Silas. And there's some really good things said about Silas. In Acts chapter 15, verse 22, it says that he was a leading man among the brothers. He was somebody that the people looked up to. He was a leader. He was someone that was respected. And then in chapter 15, verse 26, it says that he risked his life for the name of the Lord Jesus. So he's someone who had literally put his life on the line for God. And then in verse 32 of chapter 15, we see that he was a prophet. It's this verse right here, that he was a prophet and he used his words to encourage and to strengthen the church. Now, typically when you hear these things, when you hear someone's a leader, someone uh, is a prophet, someone has great words that they say, normally somebody like that would get first billing. They would be the ones up front, they would be the ones that everyone talked about, but not Silas. Instead, what's interesting about Silas is the name. Silas occurs in the Bible sixteen times, and he is never once mentioned alone. He's always with someone. In fact, here's a quick list of some of them. Uh, he's first of all mentioned with Judas, called Barsabbas, and he's talked about with him for a little bit. That they are th- the two of them are assigned to deliver a letter. And then he's talked about with Paul, and it's uh, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas. And then Paul and Silas get separated, and Silas gets left with Timothy. So then it's Silas and Timothy, Silas and Timothy, Silas and Timothy. And then when you read the letters, when Paul actually mentions Silvanus in the letters, it's always Silvanus, Timothy, and I, or Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. And then he gets mentioned by Peter in the book of 1 Peter at the end of the thing, and he's actually the one writing down the book of 1st Peter for us it says Silvanus by Silvanus I have written to you so Silvanus was actually the one recording it but Silas was never mentioned alone he's always working with someone now ask yourself a question what type of person do you have to be to be someone who is always mentioned with people you have to be humble you have to be someone who is willing to work with different types of people You have to be someone who's willing to help out and wanting to work as a team player. And that's what we're going to see through Silas, that he works with other people. And we're going to look at three things this morning. The first thing is that we work better together than alone. So the first time that we see Silas, him and uh, uh, Judas, called Barsabbas, are delivering a letter But then the very next time that it gets mentioned, chapter 15, verse 40, is when Paul has Silas go on a missionary journey with him. Now, through the book of Acts, Paul goes on three different missionary journeys. In his first missionary journey, he goes with Barnabas, and the two of them form a team that goes out and does uh, the mission's work. But then right before the second missionary journey is about to happen, Paul and Barnabas have a little bit of a disagreement, so they split ways Barnabas takes on John Mark, a young man, and it says immediately that there in verse 40 that Paul chose Silas to go with him. Paul knew that he didn't want to go alone, and he goes with Silas. Here's a map of Paul's second missionary journey and all the different stops that he made along the way, and Silas was with him. And it wasn't just Paul and Silas. Very quickly into their second missionary journey, like at the beginning of chapter 16 of Acts, they partner up with another person named Timothy. And Timothy is a young man that Paul takes on board and starts working with. And together, the three of them make this little team that goes out and does the missions work. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think Paul could have gone by himself? And the answer is probably. He probably could have done it. But he didn't want to. Instead, he chose to go with someone else because he knew that he worked better with someone than by himself. We see this laid out all throughout the Bible, by the way. The very first time we see a person is in Genesis chapter 2, and what does God say about him? It's not good that he is alone. And he, the Lord gives him someone. And then when you see Moses standing before the born, a burning bush saying, Lord, I can't do this, What does God do? He says, yes, you can, and I'm going to give you someone named Aaron, and he's going to walk with you. And Moses and Aaron form a team that go through many years together. When you see people like David, you see Jonathan coming alongside of him and saving his life on multiple times. And then after Jonathan, David gets mighty men, 30 mighty men who are with him and three that rise to the top of people that work with him in his battles. When we see Elijah on the mountain crying out to God, God, I am all alone. I've got nobody left with me. What does God do? He says, you're not alone, and I'm going to give you someone to walk with you, and he gives him Elijah. When we see Daniel going off to Babylon, we see him not going off alone, but going off with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then when we get to the New Testament and we see Jesus put together his disciples and he sends his disciples out, how does he send them out? It says two by two. There's this idea in the Bible that we work together. Now, I do want to say that there's other times in the Bible where God calls us to stand alone. And even in Daniel's life, although he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there were times where he had to stand alone. And there are times in our lives where we're going to be called by God to stand alone. But that's not ultimately how God designed for us to be. When we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see this beautiful chapter talking about the body of Christ. It says you are the body of Christ and we're all individual members, but we're called to work together to put together the body. And the reason that 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 passage gives us is because we all have strengths and weaknesses. We're all good at different things, but when we work together, we accomplish something greater than any one of us can accomplish alone. That's what the body of Christ is all about. Now, I do want to say that the world today is very much against us. The world very much tells you to be your own person, that you need to stand up on your own feet, that you need to be a lone wolf, you need to be like John Wayne, the cowboy who is all by himself and takes care of himself and doesn't need anyone else. And I think a lot of that thought has actually come into the church. There's this idea of it's just about you and God and nobody else is really important. Now, I do want to say that when it comes to placing our faith in the Lord, that is a personal thing that each one of us needs to place our faith in God by ourselves. But once we do place our faith in God, we become part of the body of Christ, part of a church. We're called brothers and sisters in Christ. We become a part of something much greater than any one of us are by ourselves. We work together. And we accomplish something great for the Lord together. The Bible says that we are supposed to be dependent on God, but it also says that we're supposed to be dependent on each other. We're supposed to lean on each other and take care of each other. There are two particular reasons that I want to look at with Silas's life of why him and Paul were better together than apart, and they both come in uh, the next chapter, chapter 16 of Acts. The the passage that uh, Pastor Sky read for us—it's the story of Paul and Silas in prison. And the first thing I want to talk about is that together we support each other. So I'm going to be picking up in verse 19 of Acts chapter 16. And what happens right before verse 19 is that Paul and Silas are in Philippi. And there's this uh, slave girl who uh, has a spear of divination with her. And she's following Paul around, crying out things. And then eventually Paul turns and commands the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the spirit comes out of her and the spirit does come out of her but it kind of upsets the slave girl's masters because they were actually exploiting her and exploiting the demon or the spirit within her and they were using it to their own advantage and these masters get upset at Paul and Silas and that's where we pick up in verse 19 it says but when her owners saw that her that their hope of gain was gone they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers and when they had brought them Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So, Paul and Silas are going around trying to serve the Lord, and what ends up happening? People get upset at them. They start crying out against them. They they tear off their garments. They beat them with rods. They throw them into the inner prison, and they go into one of the worst type of situations that they can go into. Now, one of the things that I find very interesting about this passage is we know at this point in time in the story that Timothy was with them, and Luke was with them, and probably some other believers are with them. So what happened to all of them? And we're not really told. Apparently, they weren't the ones arrested. It was just Paul and Silas. But Paul and Silas go to the prison themselves. Now, what's interesting is Paul's the one who sent the spirit out of the slave girl. So, if I were Silas at that moment, I, I might be wondering, why am I here? Why am I getting beat? Why am I getting thrown in prison? But that's not how Silas acts, right? Because Silas views himself as working with Paul. When Paul does something, Silas is with him. And when Paul gets thrown in prison, Silas goes with him. But right in this, the middle of this dark moment where they were thrown in prison, what happens in verse 25 It says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The prisoners were listening to them. In the middle of this dark moment, in the middle of this uh, uh, very painful moment for them, they start praying together. They start singing hymns to God. Now, would this have happened if Paul was by himself? Maybe. We don't know. But what we do know is that they were there together, and together they started praying with each other. And they started singing songs of praise to God. So much so that everyone around them was listening. They leaned on each other. They encouraged each other with their prayers. They encouraged each other to praise the Lord. They supported each other in the midst of this difficult moment. They were there together. And that's how they viewed it. That we're here together. And together we're going to praise God at this moment. Now, what's interesting... What's the reality of the situation is that we all go through difficult times in our lives. Especially when we're s- serving the Lord, we go through setbacks, we go through difficult days where we have to work extra hours or do extra things and we, it tires us out. Sometimes we have setbacks, frustrations, difficulties. And it's hard sometimes. But here's the important thing, and I, I, wanna, I want you guys to listen to this. God doesn't allow our difficulties to be an excuse to serve him, to not serve him. God doesn't allow our difficulties that we go through in life to be an excuse to get out of serving him. God doesn't say, oh, you're having a hard day. You don't have to serve me today. Oh, I know things are difficult. Take the day off. No, we're called to serve the Lord at all times, to worship him at all times, to honor him at all times, even in the difficult times. If you think about people like Joseph, when he was in prison for something he didn't do, he was still at that moment responsible to serve the Lord. When you look at Job, who had the worst week of possibly anyone's life, and his wife tells him, curse God and die, he is still responsible in that moment for what he does when he says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. God expects us to step up even when things are hard. So how do we do that? Because that's a, that's a really hard thing to do. How do we do that? And the answer is we do it together. That we support each other. That we look out for each other. That we're praying for each other. That we're actively trying to help each other. That looks like spending time in prayer for someone or with someone. That looks like Taking time to say a word of encouragement to someone or to write a note for someone or to send a letter to someone. Every week we have in, a bulletin, in our bulletin this little section that says "Here's a, you can write a note of encouragement to this person. That's an opportunity that we have to encourage one another. Sometimes it looks like doing something for the person. Making a meal for someone or helping them with some yard work or taking on some of their responsibilities that they've got in their lives so that they can have some freedom to go serve the Lord. Sometimes it just looks like being a listening ear. Going and just talking with someone. Listening to them talk about what's going on in their lives and being there in that moment to support them. It looks like so many different things, but the thing is we need to support one another. In er, in 1896... A young Henry Ford, who was just at that time starting to work on his gas-powered automobile, went to, he went to a conference uh, hosted by Thomas Edison, who at the time was the biggest inventor out there. He had uh, discovered electricity. And at the time, Thomas Edison thought that the future for vehicles was actually electric vehicles. He was al- already thinking in terms of electric vehicles. And because of that, him and Henry Ford wouldn't naturally get along because Henry Ford was working on a gas-powered vehicle at the time. But here at this conference in 1896, the two of them got kind of paired up with each other, and they started talking, and Thomas Edison started asking him some questions, and then he said to Henry Ford, he said, listen, uh, you're on to something. Keep at it. He said to Henry Ford, you've got something going on. Keep moving. You have the right idea. And looking back, Henry Ford said that that moment was one of the things that pushed him in his invention of the automobile. It's something that pushed him forward, hearing the words of somebody that he respected, just encouraging him. Are we doing that for each other? Are we there to encourage each other? Are we there to help each other? Are we there to support each other? That's the first reason that we're better together is because together we can support each other. But the second reason is that together we can serve the Lord. And that's what happens next in the story. So Paul and Silas are there in prison. In verse 25 it says about midnight Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for light and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. and, And then he brought them out and said to them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you shall be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house." So Paul and Silas are in prison, and this huge earthquake comes. God sends an earthquake, and literally the doors just open, and their bombs just fall off. And apparently uh, the guard was sleeping, which he shouldn't have been doing. But the earthquake kind of woke him up too, and he, he gets all flustered. He runs in, he says, Oh no, this is the worst possible thing that could have happened to me. And he's getting ready to kill himself because he knows that the consequences of letting prisoners free is dire. But right when he's about to kill himself, Paul stops him and says, listen, we're all still here. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I understand why Paul and Silas stayed, but if I were anyone else in prison, I don't know I don't know why they stayed. But apparently, uh, Paul was able to get them to stay because they were listening to the prayers and the songs of Paul and Silas. So everyone stayed. And the guard, deeply moved, brings them out And immediately falls down before them and says, What must I do to be saved? And then we have a fantastic verse. And this is one of those verses I would encourage anyone to memorize. Because when we're asked about how someone gets saved, this is a simple summary of it Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you shall be saved. And they share the word of the Lord with this guy and his household. And people come to salvation through this moment. But one of the things that really interests me through this moment is in verse 31, who says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved? The answer is, it says they. Paul and Silas, they're working together. Now, I don't think that they had some, like, synchronized plan laid out where they both, like, together at the same exact time say those words But the point is that they did it together. And in verse 32, it says they shared the word of the Lord with them. They were working together in this moment to share Christ with the jailer and his family. They were feeding off of each other. They were using each other's strengths as they shared Christ with this person. And what's interesting is who gets the credit at the end of the day for the salvation of the jailer and his family And the answer is, it's not about who gets the credit, right? There's no specification of like, Paul gets credit for the salvation of these people, or Silas gets credit for the salvation of these people. That's not even a brought up topic. It's they shared Christ, and these people came to the Lord. And that's what's important. And they did it together. Working together, they shared the Lord. There's an old saying there's no I in team. Some of you guys who are longtime Philly fans may remember all the way back to 2010. On May 29th, 2010, a Philly pitcher named Roy Halladay threw a perfect game. A perfect game means 25 batters, 25 outs, no hits, no walks, no errors. When, at the time that Roy Halladay did this, he was only the 20th player in baseball history to have done it. It was a huge accomplishment. And I I personally remember watching that game and I remember all the excitement about it. But what I also remember is what happened after the game. After the game, uh, Roy Halladay was being uh, interviewed about the whole thing. And this is what he says during the interview. He says, I can't say enough about the job that my catcher, Ruiz, did tonight. He said, I just let him take over and I went with him. And then later in the interview, he says, to me, it is as much a big deal for Ruiz as it is for me. You see, in that moment, when Roy Halliday was literally making history, and we'll go down in history for that moment, he wasn't taking all the credit. He was saying, listen, I had someone helping me. And I let that person take over part of th- the game for me. I let that person run the show. I was going with him. And it is just as big a deal for him as it is for me. We work together. And we as a church, we work together too. Now what type of mindset does that take? It takes having humility. It takes having an attitude not of competition, not of who gets credit, but of how can we together serve God? How can we together Make an impact on those around us for the Lord. And we see this uh, on display just last month here at church as we had our VBS. And in VBS, we had, I don't know, 40 some odd people here all involved in different aspects of VBS, Some people were here uh, setting up de- decorating. Some people were at registration. Some people were up here on stage during opening and closing. Some people were at the station. Some people were crew leaders working directly with the kids. There were people bringing food uh, for the workers so that they could eat in advance. There were people who brought supplies out. There are so many people that go in. I can't even name everyone. I probably missed some right there even saying those things. But we all work together. And together as a church, we impacted over 150 kids. We had them come and we were able to share Christ with them. And at the end of that week, there wasn't awards handed out for who was the best leader, who was the best helper, which station leader was the best, which crew leader was the best. There's no awards handed out for that because we're not doing it for individual recognition, we do it as a team because we work together to impact kids for Christ. And that's what it looks like. That's, what it, that's how it plays out that we're a team as we serve the Lord. When I first became a pastor here uh, five odd years ago or something like that, I remember one day very early on I was uh, sitting in Pastor Skye's office and we were talking and Pastor Skye said something to me that really impacted me and he said, listen, you and I are on a team here. It's not a competition between pastors to see who's better. No, we are together pastoring the church. And he said to me that when I'm up preaching, he is rooting for me that I give a good sermon to impact the church and he hopes that I do the same to him and I do do the same, by the way. That we're working together and it's not a competition. It's not about who gets credit. It's about impacting people for Christ. And that's what we're here for. So as we conclude, the simple conclusion that we have is that we need to work together. We're better together than we are alone. In Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12, it says this, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We work together. We need to work together. We are a team here. We are the body of Christ, as 1 Corinthians 12 talks about. And what's interesting about 1 Corinthians 12 is it talks about the body of Christ. It says that we all have different strengths and weaknesses. And we're all different people. Some people are more like Paul and want to lead the way and be the trailblazer. Some of us are more like Silas, and we want to be the support. We want to be the one who's with Paul who's the one who's with him in his ups and his downs, the one who's always there to stand with him. And that's what it's all about. So the question that each one of us has to ask this morning is are we part of the team? Are we involved? Are we with each other through the ups and the downs? Are we with each other in serving the Lord? Are you involved in our church? Are you involved in serving the Lord in our church? If you're not and you don't know where exactly to start, come talk to me. Come talk to Pastor Sky. Come talk to one of the deacons. We would love to talk with you about how you can get more involved in our church. We're all working together here. So are you part of the team? Let's close in prayer. Lord, we praise you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for bringing us together as a church, as your body. And Lord, I pray that we would work together in that. That we would help each other through the hard times. That we would be there to support each other through the ups and the downs of life. And I pray that we would serve you together. That we would work as a team to accomplish great things for you that each one of us would be involved with each other and in serving you. And Lord, we pray that through all this that we accomplish great things as a church, but not for our glory, not uh, for our recognition or our credit, but for yours, for your honor, your glory, your majesty, and your fame. We pray that we would accomplish great things for you as a church. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. One of the things that we really do well together as a church is sing, and we have the privilege of being up here listening to you sing, and so let's do that together, shall we please stand? As we close out this morning, the challenges before us, are we there to support each other? And maybe this morning you need support. Maybe this morning you need some encouragement. We're going to have people in the front who would love to be there for you this morning. And for all of us, are we reaching out and helping each other? Are we working together for the Lord? Lord we pray. That you would be honored within our church this morning, and every day this week, next week, and every day following that. Lord, we pray that you would be lifted up in our hearts and in our church. pray all these things in your name. Amen.